blue skies cool. They seduce us, pulling us irresistibly upwards, reminding us to fly our own line, on our wings, and in life. We are the seekers, adventurers, being one with the air, feeling everything and nothing at once. That's the magic we chase. Follow the call. Find your pure wild flight with NZ Aerosports. Of course, I absolutely love the NZ Aerosports business model. I mean, come on. One glance at an Icarus fuck yeah sticker and you know it lines up perfectly with the fucking pilot mentality. But outside their wonderful use of colorful language and a great company vibe, there's a long list of reasons to say NZ Aerosports fuck yeah. NZ Aerosports blows me away right out of the gate as a canopy manufacturer with a bold offer. They give you 10 jumps on your brand new nylon to decide if you want to keep it, swap it out, or even return it for a refund. I mean, seriously, how incredible is that? That's like getting halfway through a prom and deciding you prefer the slightly racier date that goes down faster. Seriously, they do that. If you're not madly in love with your new canopy after 10 jumps, they'll let you swap it out for another size or model or even get your money back. And the range of canopies they've got? Man, they've got a style canopy to fit every jumper and every situation with models you know and trust, like the Sapphire 3, the perfect choice for the beginner or intermediate canopy pilot. The Crossfire 3, when you're ready to kick it up that elliptical notch. The JFX 2, if you're looking to up your new swoop game. The Leia, as the workhorse and dirt water dirt beast. Or the Petra. The Petra cranks out crazy power and is nothing short of a record breaker. But hey, it's not always about speed either. Take the Kraken. Built as a low-pack volume canopy, specifically with wingsuiting in mind, she gives you all the performance you're looking for with the reliability you need that'll have you itching for that next formation, rodeo, or puffy cloud. So, the equipment is top-of-the-line kick-ass stuff, as you already know, but how about the team? Well, the customer service gang is there to sort you out whenever you need them. Maddie and Beto are always there to help with Jen holding the reins. They're available for you at sales at nzaerosports.com, and they've got a kick-ass live chat tool on the website if you're wanting to hit someone up right away. These are the crew you're going to want to talk to to get those custom orders in. With the stock nylon, once you know what you want, they'll have that shit on a FedEx truck as soon as the credit card machine says approved and get you in the air in no time. For your custom orders, you'll be able to get a time frame for building and shipping when you design it, so get to it. And demos. They've got demos in the U.S. available from their partner Rock Sky Market. The whole U.S. demo fleet is there with Sapphire 3, Crossfire 3, Kraken, JFX2, and Leia canopies in a range of sizes. They also offer student and tandem demos in the U.S. Bottom line, every step of the way, NZ Aerosports is there to get you what you need, and I personally couldn't be happier to be teamed up with them here on Lunatic Fringe. And now, time to get started with Lunatic Fringe Into the Void, brought to you proudly by NZ Aerosports. Fuck yeah! Coming straight from the cockpit, it's another episode of Lunatic Fringe with the fucking pilot. Ready, set, go! Back in the can for another edition of Lunatic Fringe Into the Void, and I guess we'll call this a, a redemption episode here. Uh, tell me, who the fuck are you, and what do you do? Hello, kia ora. Um, tai, Tai Huka Smith, uh, also a fella from Aotearoa, New Zealand. Ah, kia ora. Yes, kia ora. So we're just here in this 
renovated can, so to speak, is yeah, a is an upgrade. Much flasher sure. than the toilet that we were yeah, sitting on last. Yeah, it is definitely upgraded. <laughs> definitely <the> upgraded. <laughs> so uh, fill the people in on uh, who the fuck you are. You're Ty. Um, what is it you do, Ty? Yeah. So oh, wait, wait, wait. We started this a different way last time because we actually did two podcasts before, but we only aired one because the first time around you were a little bit nervous. So the second time around, I got you shitty drunk. <laughs> no, I was a little bit too drunk on that one. A little bit, a little <laughs> bit. Well, because we were talking pre-podcast this time around that I made you sing a song because I knew playing the guitar would relax you, um, and it did. It worked well, but you hated it because you said you got the words wrong. Because you, yeah. So the had, first song was fine. Obviously, first one was good. We drank quite a few glasses of wine on that um, <laughs> on that podcast. We did. Come a song. Come I'm yours. Yeah. The last at the end of it when. I obviously knew the song quite well, but by that time I was hammered and... It kind of went uh, to shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Botched yeah, out pro- good and proper. So before you tell anybody um, that hasn't heard the first one, first off, guys, look for the first Ty Hooker Smith one if you want to hear what he's talking about. But for those that already know what you're talking about, here's your chance to redeem yourself. I'm putting you on the spot and I'm making you play another song. <laughs> so this time, and I'm even kind of got you on the spot this time too because I'm making you play a Jack Johnson song that you know but you're, you haven't played in a long time. No. Nah. It's been, yeah, it's been a long time, years years and years. So. All right, cool. Well, then I'm, I'm just going to say there's a high chance I'm going to screw a few things up, but it's, it's okay. It's not cool. a professional recording. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. All right, cool. Well, then shit, that's, the, that's a great way to do it. I get to put you on the spot twice. All right. Well, I think also because there's been quite a few times since I, uh, yeah, since I did the podcast that my girlfriend has played it to me solely to put me on the spot and watch me cringe. <laughs> As I hear myself singing I'm Yours and botching the words up right. royally. Right. Over and over she's playing it. And I'm, yeah, I hate listening to myself. I walk out of the room whenever she does it and she just cracks. She lies there cracking up laughing. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to do the same to you. We'll put, the, put you on the spot so that in the future you can listen to yourself and, uh, and cringe. And have the same cringe. Yeah. <laughs> shut it down your spine. So I'm going to have you listen, um, well, sing with me on this one. Uh, dude, I was, and people that have listened to the podcast a lot know, I was actually once asked to stop singing Happy Birthday. <laughs> and I wasn't just asked like in a, a nice quiet spot where we sang Happy Birthday. I was asked to not sing Happy Birthday on the fucking Twin Otter to the Ride to Altitude. That's how bad my singing voice is. The, a, a speaking voice does not translate into a singing well, voice. Well, you're going to have to redeem yourself as well because we'll both send it. Uh, it's a well-known uh, right. song. What is it? Uh, yeah, you can have the words if you like. I'll fucking I'll join in on the chorus faintly. Look up Flake by Jake Johnson. All right, Flake by Jake Johnson. All right, cool. Hit Give it. Give it a go. All right, folks, just as a quick disclaimer, uh, during this song, Ty thought he would be really cute and stop singing to get me to sing all on my own. Uh, but because I have the mixing board, I've gone ahead and replaced my horrible singing voice with the actual Jack Johnson. So please enjoy. I know she said it's all right You can make it up next time I know she knows it's not right Ain't no use in lying Maybe she thinks I know something Maybe, maybe she thinks it's fine 
Maybe she knows something I don't. I'm so, I'm so tired, so tired of trying. Seems to me that maybe pretty much always means no. Come on, so don't tell me. Might just let it go. Oftentimes we're lazy. Seems to stand in my way. Cause no one, no, not no one likes to be let down. I know she loves the sunrise No longer sees it with her sleeping eyes And I know that when she says she's gonna try Well, it might not work because of other ties And I know she usually has some other ties And I wouldn't wanna break up I wouldn't wanna break them. Maybe she'll help me to untie this. But until then, well, I'm gonna have to lie too. It seems to me that maybe. Go on. It pretty much always means no. So don't tell me. You might just let it go. Boom. Oftentimes lazy It seems to stand in my way Cause no one, no one, no one likes to be let down Yeah, alright, well done you're the singer, man. I, I'm fucking no, but it's cool. It's it cool. Good. You I can really creep well. you. No, it's crap. But I'm fine with that. It's it's good. I'm I'm on fine. tune. It's good. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go back and auto tune that after the fact. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers, bro. All right, cool. So back to uh, to telling people who the fuck you are and uh, what it is you do. Your Taihuka, Kiora, Kiora, Kiwi. Yes. Fucking guitar player. Yeah. All those. Bali bum, and you are, what do you do for a living? Flying planes at the moment. Yeah. Fly, flying planes a lot. Flying man. planes a lot at the moment. We've be, both been flying today and burnt out. But. Yeah, man. When uh, when we last talked, you were just getting started flying twin otters and jumping. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, you have done a fuckload of flying since then. Yep. What are you thinking? Good. No, it is enjoyable. It's an awesome job. How do you like the bird? Like yeah. a twin otter was new to you last time, and now you've been. In, I mean, how do you, how many hours do you have in the twin otter now? I think nearly two thousand, eh? That's a fucking hell. How fast does that go? <laughs> right? <laughs> Disappeared on me, dude. I just rolled through ten thousand, and I'm like, when the? F- yeah. <laughs> Come on, it's not okay. <laughs> when I when I arrived, I had yeah, I think fifteen hundred hours total time. So yeah, I've done more than I had total time, and here in the otter yeah i mean it, it honestly it's pretty fantastic uh especially because that bird is just designed it's fucking built it's beautiful yeah yeah it's a beautiful plane to fly i think i was thinking about it the other day though i think i still have a real soft spot for the pack and it's so i mean we I. said this in the last one it's an amazing plane 
obviously in certain certain aspects it's 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 a little bit bit cheap sure and they've saved <laughs> they've saved some dollars here and there but yeah now both of them are bloody Love them. Well, you sure. know what the comment I always used to get on the pack was from people that don't fly the plane is they'd look out, especially if I had a ride along and they were on the descent and they could see the top skin exactly. of the wing rippling and they're like, how fucking thin are those wings? Yeah. Pretty thin. <laughs> you put your lives in those things. <laughs> Pretty thin. That was exactly what I noticed when I first started flying that thing in the descent, the yeah. skydiving. You look over and see it just rippling like a blooming wave. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh but <laughs> man, it's just, I mean, for me, the joy was it was a stick aircraft. I mean, we don't get the opportunity to fly sticks very often. You know, I mean, for skydiving, the Porter, I think, really is the only other stick aircraft that I know of that flies a lot of jumpers. Um, and for a pilot or a tandem instructor, the pack was great. For a fun jumper, I've never heard one that likes it because of the door mm. uh, yeah it's a tiny door right eh? from memory well and when you load that thing up to capacity she's uh-huh. not fast yeah. you know she, um, yeah. mildly loaded pack 750 is a fucking rocket ship yeah. uh, heavily loaded no it's a dog yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you, you've been doing a lot of jump flying, too, because you didn't have a whole lot of flying skydivers before um, we talked. No. So now you've kind of, I mean, shit, you're talking about, what, close to 3,000 hours total flying jumpers? Yeah, man. No, that's, I mean, yep, that's the majority of my time flying, so, flying jumpers. Now I mean, now you're what would be considered a relatively high-time jump pilot. You're not Some a rookie anymore. I don't feel like it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys, who's in the back, but sometimes I'm, uh, yeah, questioning it. <laughs> well, I mean, so, well, what are the things that you question? Because, I mean, you you fly in pretty challenging conditions. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, um, I think more so, you know, we have our time, our months off, and it's when we come back from months off and uh, step back into that thing You the first few days. And I say it to the jumpers, like, far up, man. I haven't been in this thing in a while, and... <laughs> I'm questioning whether I'm I'm able to handle a situation here, but um, obviously we've got good maintenance and stuff, and things don't happen. But yeah, yeah, it's just that um, that reassurance of yourself, I suppose, when you're the first few days in the in the plane. But obviously you get get back into the flow of things. And it's yeah, good. man. Well, I mean, it's a big bird. So when you first walk up, you know, as a as a jump pilot that's been flying something that's only as big as a pack, mm-hmm. and then you step up to the twin otter, it's a big fucking aircraft. I remember that day when you. Oh yeah! And I came here flying with you, and it's, we're walking around. I was just blown away by how, how high the tail was, and I, I had serious questions why on earth they had me <laughs> coming to captain the Plymouth thing. <laughs> it's it's because you played the guitar on the beach <laughs> yeah. in fucking Bali, and we yeah. had a great time in Bali. Yeah, um, exactly. What well, you you got scouted more than anything because we knew that you had experience flying, but because you were just a great energy in an addition to the team. Mm. That's, I mean, fucking hell. Mm. I mean, the Twin Otter, now that you've been flying it a lot, mm. uh, it can be a handful, but it's a pretty easy yeah. aircraft to fly. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, she handles like a big 182 when she's behaving herself. Yeah. So. I'm yet to find out how it is when she's not behaving herself. But hopefully you never wood, do. I won't do that. Hopefully yeah, exactly. it's only in the simulator, <laughs> you know, and, and uh, we're lucky enough to do sim training at Viking. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, how many jump pilots get to do that? Nah, that's it, man. Right? It's amazing. It doesn't and happen. Having been in the sim, it's actually it's a super plane to uh, super easy plane to fly in emergency situations. It's sure. just obviously you hope that doesn't happen with 
good yeah. friends of mine behind me. Yes, absolutely. And watching and knowing that I'll get shit from them. If that's I screw it. right. I mean, that's the thing. So uh, if I freak out, it's more so. not right. if I screw it up. My worries were always uh, um, what's what's going to happen when people are are behind me. It's mm. never if I'm by myself in the airplane. Yeah. You, it's a whole different mentality, right? Totally. Like, I mean, so what was the first time you ever had to land a twin otter with jumpers on board? How'd that feel? Oh man, I think it was. Yeah, now it was. Bloody scary, actually. I remember <laughs> looking back at them, and obviously the skydivers don't come down very often. They'd much rather get out of the plane, yeah, as we all know. And um, yeah, no, I remember looking back at them in the mirror, and they were petrified, man. And most of them are holding on to the, not even think. I don't think they even knew that I was right. You know, this is the first time they didn't know that I, this is the first time I was landing with right. them on board. <laughs> and I was freaking, man. I joined a massive final, super long, gave myself heaps of time to prepare. Yep. And I just went back to my bush days, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs> speed and speed and attitude outside. And you, no, it was fun. You but, have to, but I mean, it's a whole. As soon as you're like, oh fuck, people are going to be on this thing when I land. Oh yeah. man. And it to this day, I mean, if it makes you feel any better, I've got, I don't know, probably close to thirty thousand landings in a twin otter. And every time I know I'm landing with a full load, when do you land with a full load? Exactly. When there's a maintenance issue yeah. or when it's fucked weather. It's very different. Yeah. So it's you're and gonna the plane be... flies totally differently when you are you know, when oh. you are full for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely, you know. And so even to this day, as soon as I'm like, home, oh, I'm, I'm landing with a full load, you have to go, All right. Yeah. <laughs> Back and to... now now with experience for sure it's a time to buckle on and sort of Sure. Embrace the fact that they're freaking out behind you, but <laughs> yeah. then but then squeak it on, and they. You know, I've heard it a few times, and they've been freaking out in the back, and I've known it. So I've you know, come in and, and it, greased it on, and they you know you hear the big applause in the background, and which <laughs> always cracked me up just for jumpers that applaud when the pilot doesn't crash on landing. Totally. If you really thought that that pilot couldn't land the plane, why the fuck did you get on? I, it? I remember once when. It might have been my first landing, and I think I'd done a few before with full, with a full plane. But um, I think it was Olga was like, "Oh, but she was freaking out that I was landing the plane, and she was on board as she she does. You know, she doesn't like landing with the plane, right?" And I think it was JP. While we were landing, well, he told me later on, but while I was landing, he said he turned over to him and goes, "You know where this dude used to fly at? Like, <laughs> don't worry about that runway there where he used to fly." Yeah. Obviously, I didn't know that, but it is. Yeah, I love. I mean, I love that they're freaking out because they obviously do things that the general population thinks right. is skydiving, thinks it's totally insane. But then something mundane like landing in the plane, they... <laughs> it's a complete flip, right? Because the normal society, all they can think is, I want to. there's no way I'm getting out of this plane. I just want to land with that guy up front because he knows what's going on. And every bit jumper's like, fuck that guy. I want out of the plane. <laughs> I've got no control. I know my parachute. So yeah, land. absolutely. I've, I've had jumpers that uh, they're like, I'm completely confident in your flying skills, but I would rather get out in 40 mile an hour gusts than land in the plane. I don't know why, but yeah, fair enough. It's not yeah. in their control. It, well, see, but you're so <clears throat> you've also done a whole lot of jumping since the last time we talked, and so now you know is that there's two different mentalities between when you're a jumper and you're a pilot, and so it's very strange because you got to wear both those hats, two right? Different hats, yeah. Yeah, and so when I'm when I've got a rig on and I'm in the back, I don't want to land in the plane because no. I want to be up front controlling that thing. You know, I mean, I'm sure you're the same. Yeah, it's a, it's a yeah, it's a funny. Funny juxtaposition when you're fly when you're jumping, 
it's hard to take that flying hat off to always think about what the guy up ahead is, is doing and so on. Yep. Um, obviously, you still you still do so and enjoy the jumping and so on, but you've always got that captain's hat on. But when it comes to responsible actions and people are asking me, you know, what I think and what I should be doing about the plane, I'm like, I'm I'm bloody, and I'm sure our our chief pilot does the same. You know, he has times that he's jumping. And there ain't no responsibilities coming over if he doesn't have to. Yeah. Because he'd much be like, I'm jumping today. Yeah. No well, responsibilities. I mean, at the end of the Unless day, once that plane required. off, once that, once that wheels are off the ground, the guy in the left seat, it's, it's all his. It's him and then whatever higher power. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's it. So it wouldn't matter who's in the back. I mean, they can scream and yell all they want, but the guy sitting in the left seat still got to land the plane. So there is a, a, a bit of freedom in being a pilot in the back that flat out yeah oh no wow it's, that sounds weird <laughs> or I mean, that felt a, strange yeah it's, it's a funny feeling eh? i remember my first job that i had flying a 182 and when i was doing my aff course and that very strange feeling of we're about to exit the green light is on i look over to the, uh, the, the captain's seat and it's obviously not me sitting there it's one of the other pilots and i'm looking over going that's my bloody office right there. I'm meant to be sitting where he is, yep. but I'm getting out of this thing. And then three, two, one, out we go. Yep. And looking up at the thing flying away going, what on earth? Right. <laughs> this is surreal, man. Right. It's what? really strange. I know. I have Seeing this... my office just fly away into the blue. Yep. I have the same thing all the time. And well, and I've gotten it a bunch of times too, and you'll eventually get it because obviously we spend a lot more time flying than we do jumping. Mm. Eventually, you'll bump into jumpers that only know you as a pilot. Mm. And so, have you ever jumped? Mm. Or do you jump? Or have you thought about jumping? Or And you just kind of scratch your head and go, oh, fuck, <laughs> man, come on. So you, I mean, you've done a bunch of jumping since uh, we last talked. You uh, even got all the way up to flying wingsuits. Yeah, man. No, I, um, I've always had a dream in, in flying wingsuits. I mean, since I started flying, really, it's it's been a natural cause that um, I've really wanted to fly my body in that sense. And obviously having a wingsuit on is basically a plane, but sure. we're obviously descending towards the earth. Sure. Um so yeah, finally got to do that. Managed to fly a wingsuit at a really unique spot, like um, where many others haven't done before for their first jump. Mm. And I had super experienced wingsuit pilots in the plane with me, um, who were throwing jokes at the time, all looking at me, going, "You done a wingsuit, eh?" <laughs> and me and my instructor were both looking at them, going, "Not a single one, no." And they were going, "Oh my god, here we go." <laughs> Can you get up. a second pass? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were, they were, I mean, they were freaking me out because, yeah. and they obviously wanted to. Yeah, they wanted me to be my heart rate in the bloody two hundreds. But, um, yeah, no, no, I managed to get that done, and it done probably. I mean, fifteen, ten or fifteen or so. So not many at all, but enough to be able to feel the feel the suit and know sure. how it flies. And obviously, despite being smaller, it's. Man, it's an amazing feeling. It has to be. I mean, yep. you're you're doing the closest imitation you'll ever do to the fuselage of the plane that you fly over. Yeah, exactly. I mean, how cool is that? And it being your body, you look somewhere and that's where it goes. Sure. It's, that's incredible. Well, and then jumping out with, you know, we've done a few flights together on oh, the yeah. exit. 
despite others right I so have. well so and that's cool too because you and i've had the opportunity to do that and and uh, most jump pilots nowadays that are super busy jump pilots have had the opportunity to at least see a wingsuit after exit mm. it doesn't take much of a roll to the left uh to be able to see that a wingsuit that just went out uh and so it's super cool uh when you have the opportunity to you know roll the plane over just a little bit and there's your buddy looking back at you grinning fucking ear to ear through the helmet you know and especially Especially when you're in the wingsuit now yeah. and you're looking back at the plane you fly that you're trying to fly with. Exactly. You know? I mean, how amazing is it's that? It's usually me doing the left turn and banking over and looking for the wingsuit. Yeah, absolutely. And then it's got, I've got you doing it, and obviously you've got a whole lot of experience doing it. So I get out and you say, all right, do this and this. Once I see you here, I'll bank the plane over. And I get out, and you do that, and holy hell, I thought that wing was going to hit me, man. <laughs> Once you rolled away and descended, I went, whoa, my eyes were huge. Yeah, and it's kind of funny, too, because what we do, obviously, in the Twin Otter, we're really limited to what we can do. It's just not a, an airplane that can perform yeah, with wingsuits. Exactly. Yeah. So the best we get is kind of a wave as we go away. Yeah. Um, but uh, the guys in the porters these days, man, fucking I don't know how hell, on earth. Oh, man, watching the wingsuits docking on the tires and wings and this and that and I, 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 don't, I don't think I trust myself flying the porter to be honest in that sense like oh. you got to be to the knot not a single screw up when they get in that close. Yep. Got, they lit, you literally have their lives absolutely. in your hands, you know. Absolutely. In your and, flying skills. And the wingsuiters, I mean, the the um, the experience that's got to go into that, because can you mm-hmm. imagine that suit gets away from you just a little bit? Man, yep. there are so many parts of a platter sporter that can kill you. There's a big old whirly thing up the front. It's not yeah, far from the wing that you're docking onto. That spinny choppy thing <laughs> is not very far away, and <laughs> it would make everybody's day. I mean, fucking Not, not exactly friendly, that thing. Right? Yeah, I mean, it's... It, there's a whole lot of things to take into consideration, and it's really weird when you have both sides, you know, when you're a jumper and you're a pilot because you kind of think about shit that the average jumper doesn't think of, and you think about stuff that the average pilot that doesn't jump yeah. doesn't think about, yeah. you know. Uh, luckily, there's a lot of uh, active skydiving pilots that are jump pilots mm-hmm. out there, and I think it, it makes a, a much better more well-rounded jump pilot mm-hmm. if he knows what's going on out the back door. For sure. Yeah, I, yeah. I just think it makes it go easier. Yeah. You know, um, and that's what we're after, right? I mean, all the biggest pet peeves that I have in regard to flying are efficiency. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. trying to keep things fast. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. all right, here we go. Turn, 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 turn. Because, yeah. you know, if you're getting paid by the load, <laughs> man, go. You sneak another one at the end of the day, yeah. Get that shit or done. Or even if not that, just, you know, People are there doing so many loads a day. Sure. You know, pumping them out that every minute counts. Well, and you're trying to be efficient for fuel and because yeah. the last thing in the world you want to have to do is fuel when you didn't expect to. That yeah. throws a monkey wrench into everything. Mm. And, you know, mm. so it's it's always about trying to be efficient. Just extra time that the company is paying for that doesn't need to be yeah. there burning as well. Yeah, you know, just get it done. You know, yeah. and that's um, what's the old uh, saying, make hay while the sun shines. Yeah. Same thing with Scott. Get that shit done. It's a whole lot of cash at the same time. Oh, yeah, man. Dinging yeah. away into the atmosphere. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, you don't have to think about that. So well, it's all right. no, actually, I think was it you that I talked to about that? We were talking about carbon footprint and and being green and all that stuff. And then, of course, then it dawns on every jump pilot that Jesus, I fucking burn jet fuel every day for yep. work. That's all I do every time. <laughs> it, it's it's been the past few years filling out the tech log and stuff at the end of the day, going bloody hell. I yeah. Twelve hundred liters of fuel today, yeah. going up and down for people to jump out of it. <laughs> right? What on earth? And I, you know, I'm very much conscious of the earth, and we need to look after it. And sure. Know, 
absolutely we need to do that but there's a part of me thinking shit i'm the exact problem yeah like, <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah i mean that, right that's the thing i actually messaged our chief pilot this year and said man like what can we do about this carbon off uh, carbon footprint offsetting and so like we're obviously going to put it into the earth and if into the atmosphere and if it's not me doing it someone else is going to yeah. do it so what can we do to at least sure try and resolve things a little bit and he sort of said oh yeah yeah, I thought about that, but I don't know. <laughs> right. I mean, that's the thing, right? Is I mean, it's we've big, chosen we've chosen puzzle, a sport man. that absolutely requires going against most of the things that mm. we would be against if we weren't fucking skydivers. And it's solely to go up and down and jump out of the thing. Yeah, and it's <laughs> literally just for a, a sport that only skydivers care about. Nobody else gives a flying fuck about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but I mean, yeah. Yeah, there's no. I'm mean, honestly, there's no excuse. Go buy nah. an electric car. <laughs> yeah, no. Nah, ex- I mean, I was doing a, I was doing an HPL course a couple of years back, and I'd been flying here for a few years at that time. And you know, I was in the course, and we were going through the numbers that triple sevens and so on burn. I think it was, was it three. Oh man, I can't remember. It's tons. It's yeah, like ten ten ton an hour or something. Oh like, yeah, it's know, insane when they're low, up to five or six ton at the top. I think per engine and I said to my instructor has it ever dawned on you have you ever thought about the fact that when you fly to LA from New Zealand a 15 hour flight 14 hour flight that you've burnt you know 50 60 ton of fuel and you got to do it on the way back and he yep. goes yes I have and he got halfway through his sentence and all of the all the kids that were the 20 21 20 mid 20s early 20s right that I was in the class with that were obviously all doing their PPL and CPL and so on on the way through, right, all looked at me, and as a bloody in unison, they all said, "Oh, you bloody green fingers!" <laughs> and I went, "No, no," and I said, "Bloody shut up here! This is a general inquest. It's a genuine question. Like that is a shitload of fuel that you're burning yeah. to get people from A to B." And he goes, "Yeah, yeah, no, you, you've got a definite answer there." But he said, "You know, it's 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 a much more efficient. It's the most efficient way of getting people from A to B. If you, sure. if you look at a car and so on, it's it's." It's obviously much Which is, I suppose, a good way to, to look at it, but then that blows our excuse out of the water because we don't fucking go anywhere. Well, I think that's why I brought the question up because I know that I go up and down <laughs> and it's to come back to the same spot that right, I took off. Right, right. Well, so speaking of, though, actually, I've only done a few long flights in my entire life. I mm. really, uh, most, almost all of my, you know, flying career has been over the same field that I've taken off from. Um, But you and I had the opportunity to do, especially in a Twin Otter, kind of a a once-in-a-lifetime flight. Yeah. Most pilots would never get to do this. We got to fly from the Middle East to Switzerland and back. Yeah. Fucking hell. That was a friggin' amazing. It was dreamlike, that trip. It really was. It really was. All paid for, everything. Dreamlike and scary at the same fucking time (laughs) because... When 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 we knew that that flight was getting dumped into our, our laps, and you were new, um, so you're a first officer. I'm going to be the captain of this flight, and I'm like, I've got no business being a captain flying to fucking <laughs> Switzerland. Holy shit! And if it weren't for the fact that the company we work for um, paid for a proper uh, company oh, to do the entire flight plan and everything, they were the lifesavers, right? Absolutely, man. If you had told me you got to fly from the Middle East to Switzerland and back, and you got to do everything, flight plan file it all everything Get has got to be instrument the, the different ports <laughs> yeah w- right no no fucking way Logistics i'd still be stuck in customs in egypt 
<laughs> there's no way there's no way well and it worked out really fucking cool although it it started out rocky i, I don't want to I, I, we're not going to get past this you almost didn't get to go on this trip oh, bro almost shit oh dear what i found the passport uh what would well, it be? you lost your it passport was... the day before we were or you realized you couldn't find your passport the day before we were supposed to depart exactly so oh. i i well the thing is i i keep my passport in one spot and one spot only so I now never never assume things is what I learned from this. <laughs> I assumed no no I know where it is. It's in that spot. I didn't even bother to check that it wasn't there, which you know, right? In hindsight, it was stupid, and I should have done that for sure. Right. Anyway, yeah. What was it? Midday. So we'd done flying. We'd we'd flown here that morning. Yep. Finished work thankfully early. Midday, I got to look for it. Okay, well, cool. We're flying to. You know, we're flying to Switzerland tomorrow morning. We're yep. departing at 4 a.m. Yep. Obviously, better get my passport. Go to the spot. Go grab it, which is in like a fanny pack thing that I keep it in. Very obvious, the fanny pack. Couldn't find it. Oh, shit. It's mm-hmm. in one part of a bag, that, I, like a suitcase that I don't touch. I leave it in that pocket. Oh, my Lord. Far out. And I'm in this tiny little room. I flip that room upside down three or four times. Flip it upside down. Yep. Okay. That's when the telephone call to me came. It's not here. <laughs> and before I make a call to Dean, okay, I'm just going to do it one more time. Flipped it. And by this point, I'm like, you know, I like to think of, my, of myself as a pretty relaxed guy. And by this point, I'm walking <laughs> circles around myself going, yeah. my God, my God, where is it? Where is it? And I haven't used the passport in three months. So, you know, I can't for the life of me remember when I last where, right. where I last had it, you know? Well, and the other thing that they should know to add to why you were so starting to flip out is you were like brand new. Like you just had gotten the job and were just signed off to fly on your own and just uh, picked to do this flight and and woof. (laughs) Not only that, I knew what that there were no other pilots that could do it. It was right. me and you yep. and one other pilot that was potentially able to do it, but he had said no because he's got kids. Yep. And obviously that means they need nannies. They need, There's a whole lot of logistics that you need, oh, yeah. that need to be sorted within 12 hours of departing the next morning at 4 o'clock if we needed to. Right. So, man, I'm flipping out. And I call you and you're like, bro, are you pulling my leg? This is not funny. And I went, no, man, I'm not shitting you. I've got no idea where it's been. I think back, I think back, holy shit, okay, I've got no idea where it is, but the last time I remember using it, I think I was at the post office. Right. Now, by this point, it's <laughs> 3 o'clock in the afternoon and, right. you know, ridiculous traffic, obviously, by this point. The post office is 40 minutes drive away up in a, you know, through a very busy part of town. Okay, maybe I mean I was there at the post office two to three, like two and a half months prior, three months prior. So it was a total stab in the dark. Oh well, that's the last time I remember. Boom, I drive over there. Hello, looking for a passport. No, sir. They look through the lost and lost and found. Nah, we can't find it. Yep. By this time, it's four thirty. They're closing up. I can't come back, and I'm thinking, "Oh shit, man!" Like, well, and this this is about when I had to start making other plans, and so, so I, I'd called you on the way up to the office, going, "Man, this is my last stab in the dark. I've yep. got, otherwise, I've got no clue." Yep. And I've already been on the telephone, um, talked to married guy with kids. Yes. Uh, poor Eric is like 
fuck, man. This is, are you shitting me? I'm going to kill him. I'm going to absolutely fucking kill Ty. There's no way. And then I had to call the company that uh, um, did the flight plans because I've got to change the first officer now to co-captains. And so they're getting everything swapped over. Internationally. And this is internationally. Like throughout yeah. the country. Yeah. Through, yeah. The countries that we're flying to. Every one of them's got to be changed. <laughs> and and uh, um, just as they are doing this, I get the call from you. I fucking found it. Eric's agreed to go. He's actually settled into the idea. Keep getting excited about it. <laughs> yeah. <now. laughs> the flight plans are getting changed as we speak. And you found your passport where? Oh, my God. It was in a plastic bag in the food cupboard in the kitchen. <laughs> now, you know why? Because I... I'd given up. By this point, I'd bloody, I'd sworn at myself a lot in the drive home, screaming, and I never do that. Screaming at myself, what the fuck? This is bullshit. What? Why are you so disorganized? Right. <laughs> Leaving things to the last minute. You always do this. <laughs> anyway, I get home. I lie on the bed, and I'm starfished on the bed like, I give up. I've got no idea. I've ticked all the boxes. I've got no idea where it is. Fuck this. I feel like some um, borovors. Oh, no. Um, Biltong. Biltong. You wanted Biltong. I was like, I feel like a snack. I need to have something because I've burnt myself out and I haven't had anything to eat in the past five hours. <laughs> I go to the cupboard and in this plastic bag was the Biltong. Now, far out for the stars aligning. Inside that plastic bag, where I – so, yeah, that the, that the Biltong was in was this fanny pack that had my passport in it. <laughs> so it turns out that the day that I went to that post office – two to three months prior, I had the fanny pack obviously on with the passport. And then from there, I went to the supermarket, the marina, went and got some food at the at Spinney's and stuff, got biltong. And tossed it all in the drawer. And it was 40 degrees or something. It was ridiculously hot. It's getting into summer already by this point. So I was went, fuck this, this is ridiculously hot. So I took the fanny pack off, which was making me sweat, put it in the bag, <laughs> forgot about it. Yes. My God. So I got to get the biltong. Yeah. yeah, well, and you ended, up having to, you, you ended up having to pay off uh, Eric for everything you put him through. Well, you thought I was pulling your leg, and I sent you a photo with it, like, yeah. I did, man. Oh, <laughs> I was, was quivering. I was so excited. When we managed to oh. depart the next morning, it was such relief when we took off. And to say relief when we're starting a how-many-thousand-mile trip oh. on the first um, literally multi-country, cross-country IFR I've done, since I flew to Mexico, which ended badly, uh, it was it was relief that you were there. It was fantastic. <laughs> I, just, I found my passport nine hours, ten hours prior to departing because yeah. we had to leave at three in the morning. Oh yeah, well it was funny because <laughs> I dream like um, when I when I had to call the guy back for the flight plans, he uh, he laughed and went, "Yeah, sure, no problem, Captain. We can do it." Right. Yeah. I mean, we had a bunch of funny things on that trip. Poor old, poor old Eric was now disappointed because I said, <laughs> right? He was pissed and then <laughs> he, was, he was disappointed. He was super disappointed because he got all excited that he was going on this epic trip. Well, I think he saw the flight plan. So he knew that uh, the flight there called for us to go um, through Saudi first and then over Egypt to Greece where we'd have an overnight in Greece. Um, and then go from Greece over all of Italy and then kind of up and around the corner to Switzerland, mm. um, which on the way there, that's pretty much how it went. We had an extra day in Greece because of weather. Um, but uh, 
it, there was still some funny shit happened. I mean, when we landed in, in Saudi, I had grabbed a scarf because I knew it was going to be cold. We were up at 18,000 feet uh, on oxygen the entire time. So I grabbed this scarf that I'd been given locally in the Middle East. Then it's this black and white checkered scarf. I haven't. I didn't know that there were meanings behind the patterns and the colors. I had no fucking clue. And so we land in Saudi. And I've got this scarf wrapped around my neck, and the the ramp guy, first thing he does as soon as the engines are off, I open the door, and he sees me, and he points at me, and he's all, you are for Palestine? And I'm like, oh, fuck, what, um, how, is this what they do? I'm not sure how to answer this. I don't, uh, well. No, I'm uh, American. And, right? And he kept pointing at the scarf, and I'm like, trying to do my little mental gymnastics, and I'm like, he must be, and then he starts smiling, and I'm like, uh, yeah okay and big happy smiles and coffee all the way around and stuff and i'm like jesus are we gonna make it off the ramp here this is i'm not sure i don't want to piss anybody off yeah, like this I, is i remember coming in there to land and you're like obviously we had long sleeve shirts and everything to yep. you know be be respectful and you said i'm an american captain landing <laughs> into saudi arabia we need to make this as prompt as possible. Yes. Piss no one off. Get what we need to do. Get out of here. Prompt, proper, respectful. <laughs> That's it, man. Yeah, I mean, and I had the long sleeve on because I have uh, obviously tattoos going yeah. down at one arm at the time. So I'm like, I got to keep all the tattoos covered. But these guys were great. They, they were, were awesome. They were yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Well, And the funniest thing was, of course, we had to refuel and we had the big fuel bladder in the back of the otter, Bro. which we did not realize when you fueled it up is going to burp all over the place. <laughs> So to this day, I remember thinking, <laughs> I was looking at you and Dean. So we arrive in Saudi. Huh? We arrive in Saudi and Dean all of a sudden pretends to be super busy. He gets all of these calls, apparently, <laughs> that he has to urgently sort out on his phone. Yep. So I look over and he's like, you sort it out. You sort out the, the, the fueling. And it's this massive, massive huh? bladder, rubber bladder that he's buggered off. He's calling people, sorting everything out. <laughs> right. Okay, I've got no idea what to do here. I haven't even been briefed on how to do it. All right, put the thing in there, fuel it up. Yeah, as you say, you got to burp the thing. Yep. And it turns out when you burp it, you got to bloody... Get out of the way. Get out of the wall. At least do it gently so that it doesn't spurt fuel everywhere. Yeah. So, look over. Dean's still on his phone. He's not going to come help me. He can't come and help me, apparently. <laughs> I yep. actually was on the phone. Burp, burp, burp. I think you were for maybe 10 minutes in the remaining 40 minutes. <laughs> well, once you were in the back, it was all good. <laughs> But when, no, no, no. When you burped up a Cessna load full of fuel all over you. Yeah, so it's this, what was it, 200 gallon, 1,000 liters or something, I, wasn't it? It was like, insane, a whole bunch ridiculous. of gas. And I'm, my entire body's landing on, uh, lying on this and rubber if, bladder. If you guys know a twin otter, imagine the entire back of the twin otter is just a big rubber bladder full of fuel. And roof from the floor to the From roof the floor well. to the ceiling, yeah. yeah. All the way up to the top. Uh, and he's got to get the air out of this thing so that we're getting accurate readings. So I'm using my body to try and roll around on it to try and burp the air out yeah. with a tiny little hose at the one end where the fuel was going in. Obviously, yep. air needs to get out of there. Yeah. And as it gets more full, yeah, it's, instead of air coming out, bloody fuel yeah. all over my face. Yep, yep. And well, my clothes, that are the only clothes I had on. And no. now we're in Saudi and we can't get... So out of his side, so I got to get changed somehow. So cut to the departure. I'm telling this part. Cut to the departure. You're still sitting in the airplane. You're covered in jet fuel. You reek so bad. I'm just assuming you're going to burst into flames at any moment because <laughs> it's hot and you're just covered in jet fuel. We take off and I'm flying an instrument departure. 
Like, this is no joke, and this is like the third <laughs> yeah. or fourth instrument departure I've ever <laughs> flown outside of getting my instrument rating. And this is for real. Yeah, this is for real in Saudi. And as soon as I'm on the departure, you start changing out of your clothes. No, which you is, said to me, I tell you to I'm change. I'm about to pass out with them. To yeah. Get rid of your clothes. Yeah, so get the clothes off, and, and you were going to throw them in the back and change. So you take all the clothes off, which is great. And I'm flying the approach, so I'm very, very busy. But then the approach is over, and now we're on the airway, and everything's going fine, and we're just finishing the climb up, and there's no more problems. And I look over, and you're still sitting there in your fucking underwear. <laughs> And you sat in your fucking underwear across all of Egypt, yeah. across the entire body of a huge body of water, yeah. the yeah. Mediterranean, all the way to fucking Greece, where I finally was like, dude, we're getting ready to land in fucking Crete. Would you please put some pants on? But I remember thinking, and I said to you, you don't care about guys being naked or not naked but in their yeah. undies because you used to be a bloody stripper. What are you talking about? So I'm quite okay with this. And also, probably no one else in this world has flown in a twin otter at 13,000 feet. Over the Mediterranean. Over the Mediterranean, Egypt, Alexandria, over the yeah. Nile. In the their underwear. Lot, in their underwear. In their underwear. No. The entire fucking thing. And to be actually kind of looking in hindsight, in Greece is probably where they would have not been not nearly kidding. as shocked no. if you <laughs> But it was, actually, it was the perfect. It was the perfect heat. Oh, I'm sure. And, and, uh, I'm sure. And it was too hot to be in my oh. in my clothes. Well, and then we landed. <laughs> and we landed. We had kind of a theme going for a while because we landed in Crete and we ended up staying an extra night. Um, I think both times. Mm. Um, but we mm. ended up staying an extra night for weather that first time around, and so we had a whole day to kill. So we're wandering around Crete. Uh, and I had this white linen button-down shirt. And at some point, you were like, these T-shirts are too fucking hot. I'm going to get a sh- shirt similar because uh, it looks nice and cool. So you went and bought the same color mm-hmm. button-down linen shirt, only yours didn't have a collar. Cut to about an hour and a half later, we're sitting at this beautiful little cafe in Crete. And we had decided, because it was fucking hot, yeah. uh, you had, uh, we had both decided we're going to get... Um, um, a, a, it was sweet wine, was it? Yeah, it was a sweet one, but it was a bubbly sweet wine. We order it, and they bring it out in two champagne flutes with cherries in the bottom. <laughs> and we're taking pictures of everything, and then it clearly <laughs> dawns on both of us that everyone around thinks that we're both gay and that I am clearly your <laughs> slightly older sugar daddy. The sugar daddy. The entire time. And that Paying was, for the trip. Yeah, and that was kind of the theme Which the entire time. as it was, you actually were. <laughs> yeah. As it turned out, I did pay for all this shit. But yeah, so, but Crete was really nice. We didn't have any issues. Although, when we went, was it into Crete the first time that we had to shoot the approach or the second time? Uh, second time was the approach. Second time, yep. that's right. With the clouds. Because the first time we departed Crete and we were flying over um, the main island of Greece yes. when we were taking pictures. And well, you anybody, were, I was flying. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, you were flying at the time. Yeah. Um, so anybody that knows um, Twin Otters, the, the cockpit windows, you can slide those down and take pictures and, and do whatever. And as a you know Twin Otter pilot, you just get used to that window being down when you need it down. It's not a big deal. We're cruising along, and so I'm taking pictures. Jamming to music. Absolutely. I've got music going on because it's Bluetoothed into my headset, and all of a sudden, all you hear in the cockpit is... <laughs> 
because my hand went just a little too far no, out. You took a photo of something below and behind you in the ear quarter. Yep. And the fucking <laughs> air caught it, and out goes my phone over an inland, a big either an inland sea or a big fucking lake yeah. in Thankfully, Greece. Didn't take no one out. Out it goes, uh, and my very first thought was, "Fuck, go back." <laughs> And then I remember looking because I remember I was flying and I was obviously had my eyes ahead. But you I wasn't looking that. at what you're doing and I just hear thunk, <laughs> and then I look over to the left and you just look at me wide eyed and then mouth they, open with your with your hands apart going oh, I don't I don't <laughs> but then I, I think it's gone behind me like behind the seat so so you're quickly scrambling around trying to find it behind the seat and then you went oh shit the music stopped <laughs> and then we both start. Busting up laughing. We're fucking cacking laughing because at this point, what am I going to get pissed? And you're, you were pissed at yourself because you were, I've got 10,000 hours in this fucking plane and I've never done that in my life. And <laughs> Yep, out went the phone and cut to like 30 minutes later, I'm now taking pictures with my iPad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, man, that was fucking ridiculous. And then you said, the f- right, the first thing that we do when we al- r- arrive in Switzerland, I have to go to the iPhone so I get yep. myself. Yep, because I'm obviously a fucking addict. <laughs> uh, and that was, I think I spent half of my tri- uh, time in St. Gallen, Switzerland, yeah, uh, was, trying to get a fucking iPhone, then, which I did. We went to the store. It was closed the first day that we went. The day we arrived, we yep. went there, closed. So we had to go back again the next morning. Well, we went anyway. to the one uh, in St. Gallen, and yeah. it didn't have the phone, so we had to go into... Um, oh, is that what it was? Yeah, we went into... Um, whatchamacallit? Uh, why am I blanking on the city? Zurich. Yeah, we went into Zurich and the the street called Bonhofstrasse, which is right. the shopping mecca, um, and got it there. That's right. Yeah. And then we, when we left out of there, so we dropped the plane off. The rest of the trip went smooth. We flew over um, the Alps, had a beautiful view of Italy, and and uh, it was cloudy over the Alps, but not so bad that we couldn't get in. Yeah. Um, although I was fucking tense because you kept changing the GPS screen because you're much better with the GPS going quickly than I am. And every time you changed the screen, I would you just leave me the fucking pink line? <laughs> I was getting <laughs> like, a little. Bro, you got a thing in front of you that you're meant to fly by. I was getting a little stressed out. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit stressed That's out. Right. Yeah. yeah. So we made it into St. Gallen. We had a great time there, and we're flying back out of Zurich, and that's when um, we decided to um, hit on that girl that was working in the shoe store. Remember, oh. she turned out to be the heavy rock girl, and, and uh, um, right. we tried to line no, you up was, with a date. I was playing with this thing. Well, you, you were playing with that, got, and, and then I went in. shopping, and then exactly. I grabbed you. I'm like, you got to come meet this girl. You'd gone she, in and bought shoes, she had this and came out and said, come on. Fiery red hair and a pierced lip and everything, and I'm That's like, right. he's got to meet this girl. So I dragged you in there because, of course, I have my girlfriend, now wife at the I think time. I, I think I also bought shoes. <laughs> you did buy shoes. No way. <laughs> Best way to try and impress her is to buy something from her. So we end up, uh, I think we had about five months in between, and then we had to go back to Switzerland to get the airplane and take it back yeah. um, and got stuck again in Greece. And that's when we had to shoot the approach. Exactly. Um, yeah. First approach I've shot in fucking forever, and it turned out to be pretty gnarly. It was hell of a crossfire. <laughs> yeah. And I remember we found out when you we came out of the cloud and you were on centerline with the HSI, and yeah. then we looked up and went, holy shit, we're way left of the centerline, even though that thing's telling us. It's- yep, yeah, it wasn't telling us what we needed, and there's <laughs> mountains to the left, you know. So to be left of it, and we yeah, were. So that was a bit of a wake-up. And, and then, of course, they offered us a different runway, but I was on the approach, and so I, I didn't realize that the run they, one way that they were giving us was benefiting the wind conditions on the field at the time, because it was took us forever on the approach in the yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And so I refused 
refused that runway. I'm on the, oh, we're just going to stay on the approach. We're fine. Yeah. And then as I'm Stay getting ready to flare, and it's just max fucking crosswind. Honking. <laughs> oh, great. This is fucking great. Yeah. And that worked out. But that made us look at the forecast and think, huh? and then realize, hello, yep. tomorrow is cooked. Oh, yeah. No, the forecast uh, got fucked, so we got an extra day. But the cool thing about that forecast was we got an extra stop that we weren't Strong, supposed to get. Exactly. Strong headwinds on the way back. Absolutely. And Couldn't we didn't call through. that. They're like, no, guys, you're not going to make Saudi from there. You're going to have to stop, have an interim oh, no. stop. There we go. <laughs> and we ended up with an overnight in Cairo. And by this time, we were, it was, what, midday the next day? Yeah. We had... Quite a few Uzos by this point. <laughs> and we're fist pumping, sitting by the pool going, oh, yep. look at that, we got to Cairo tomorrow. Yep. How was this? No, it was fucking epic. And then, of course, Cairo was fantastic. Mm. We land in Cairo. They fast track us through. Uh, they get us to the hotel in like record time. And the first thing we do is throw the bags down and go, take us to the fucking pyramids. Strike to Giza. Yeah. Yep. So they give us this driver. Uh, that takes us to the pyramids, and it was actually he was really cool. He was an awesome dude. Yeah, yeah. He knew every damn thing about. I mean, I'm sure all the tour guides do, but um, he was a professor of some type, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah, I can't remember what he was. Well, we got but he was bloody onto it anyway. He oh, knew yeah. a whole lot, as you say. I'm sure they all do, but he knew he seemed exceptional. For he sure. knew the shit, and so we got the proper tour around Giza. Got to do the camel ride and stuff again, looking like a, an older, younger gay couple mm. um, through the entire. Fuck, I'm sure that's what they thought too. <laughs> Doing all the photos too. Uh, yeah, uh, photo ops. The, the Giza, whole. We might as well have just walked around the, the pyramids holding hands. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been the same. So we did all of that, and then he fucked us. He took us. Well, to, he didn't. You fucked yourself. Kind of. Well, he did because he handed us off yeah. to the guys that are He's just, just helping his bros out. That's oh all. man, <laughs> He's just lining us up for the test as to how gullible we really. Are. Well, they took us. To, did they take us to the art place first? No, they took us to the art place second because I was so pissed off by the time we got yeah, to the art place. Yeah, I need to get out of here. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so uh, the perfumes and everything. Long story short, they took us to this. Uh, it was an awesome shop. It was amazing. Uh, yeah, but they. But suckered. I went in there with a with an intent. I wanted the coffee coffee pot that they make Egyptian coffee in, yep. Turkish coffee in. Yep, and that's all I wanted. Yep. No, I got suckered because <laughs> you have girlfriend. Yeah, I do have a girlfriend. You, you want to get something? Yeah, I do want to get her something. Well, what's her name? We're in Egypt. I should absolutely be able to get something. What's her name? Her name is Victoria. Well, all right, pick these three symbols and we can put this on something. And and about then I'm starting to go. Well, maybe I should get something a little bit smaller. So I picked something a little bit smaller. But it smaller. was pretty small anyway. Yeah, it's a good fucking thing. I went for the smaller one too because the grand total ended up being like five hundred dollars. But by then they'd already carved her name in it, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> fuck me! <laughs> I remember when he started roping you, and I went, ah, I know exactly what's coming here. I'm stepping yep. back. Yeah. And then when you you carried on with it, and I went, okay, it's it's fine to see what the design is and everything. Yeah. And yep. then I did the conversion went, no way. He's not going to spend that kind of money on it. Yeah, I hadn't done the conversion. And then you went and put the money on the on the table. <laughs> Hello. Well, I mean, I've, I've, it dawned on you. I've married her now, so I've put a whole lot more on the table than that. But yeah, that's just uh, the beginning. I think it, I even gave her the gift, waited for the happy uh, uh, reaction to it, and then went, that cost me a lot of fucking money, so you better. <laughs> and I didn't know I was going to spend that money even worse. That's what I told her. I'm like, I had no idea I was spending that kind of money. Just so you know, I was trying to be nice. I just wasn't trying to be this nice. Yeah, the intention <laughs> but, was there. The, the end-all, be-all was we finally get to our destination. We parked the plane, and the company that they had booked us to go through, um, the FBO, basically, mm. that they had booked us to go through, picked us up at the pl- at the plane in a Rolls Royce. With the Royces. I mean, are you kidding? Yeah. That was... 
That yeah, was a hell of a that way. Was a to, wicked way to finish it, right? To absolutely. finish just an absolutely mind blowing trip, and I mean, it was. Uh, I can't thank enough the obviously the company that we're lucky enough to work for that yeah. did all that stuff. Was it was? I mean, oh man, it was exceptional. It was a once in a lifetime, right? It really was, especially I mean, flying yourself. Like, yes, I'm, I'm just going to cruise from. You know, Absolutely. the Middle East to Switzerland in my own plane. Yes. And I mean, I know there's a lot of guys that are the ferry pilot types that hop yeah. all over the place. But yeah. for just a jump pilot, and I have no illusions. I'm just a fucking jump pilot, man. Mm. I will retire as a jump pilot, and I'm fine with that. Mm. So to be able to do that kind of flight, I mean, the way there, they they routed us right over the top of the pyramids. Yeah. They routed we us right past Mount Sinai, for fuck's sake. I mean, right over Alexandria. I mean, yeah. you're flying over the, the cradle of civilization. and I, oh, so. I was watching um, The Prince of Egypt the other day. Yeah. The Disney program, and like it was obviously all Mount Sinai and yep. Egypt and everything. And I just went, man, that's exactly our flight. It was a it blew me away. Literally, exactly. Well, and the cool thing was technology, you got to give your, take your hats off to it. We had our work iPads with us mm. and we had the flight plan through uh, f- um, ForeFlight and it had all these markers. So we're like, well, yeah, our flight path takes us right past Mount Sinai and right past the pyramids and right past this and that. And it was ridiculous. Yeah. And at 18,000 feet, uh, it was tracking us. There yeah. was a little blue dot. How on, the, air, on airplane mode. How yeah. the fuck is it I can find, I can know where I'm at at 18,000 feet flying past the pyramids, but I can't get a cell phone signal in my elevator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't understand how that happens. Totally. Anyway, it was it really was the the trip of a lifetime. Yeah, and I'm it was it was really fun to be able to do, especially with you, because of the the whole story between the way you and I met. I mean, I I remember the two of us sitting there, and we'd just gotten airborne out of here, and then it dawned on us, you know, the yeah. reality of the whole situation. Holy hell, we're going to Switzerland. Yep. And this is how many years after we met together in a cafe in Bali, of all places. Because of a necklace because I a got necklace. in Fiji. <laughs> yeah, because you recognized the artwork of a, a Kiwi artist carving the necklace that it I was, had. It was Matt, actually. Matt recognized it. And yeah. I was I had, I was like, no idea Epic. who Epic. that guy was. And it turns out we're both pilots at the time. You were looking kind of for the next thing to go to because yeah. you were flying Papua and all that stuff. And I mean, man, you just never know where shit's going to take you. Man, it was, yeah, exactly, man. Super I mean, it's cool. Just, be nice. Yeah. And it all lines up. Oof. Yeah. I don't think much is lining up for me right now. I'll <laughs> be nicer. <laughs> I've been I've been a grumpy old bastard lately. I'm I'm trying. I'm trying. Yeah. It's been uh, it's, are, right? it's been a long couple of years. A whole lot of flying. Yeah, a whole lot of flying. Well, and I mean everything, right? And I in mean, the summer as well, man. It you know, I mean, you, out. you took off to go home and and had to spend how many weeks in a hotel? Yeah, in current times, COVID. You it's know, funny that we're talking about Blumen, this massive international flight where now it's COVID times. Yeah. It's it's Who crazy would have that we now couldn't do that. If I know. We wanted to. It's wild, you know. I mean, but so. Yeah. It, it's uh, yeah, it's it's different times, and it's nice to be able to sit down and talk about shit like this because it kind of makes you take a deep breath and yeah. go, life ain't so fucking bad. Yeah, you know, it, it seems like it after a while when you've been you know nose to the to the grinder for a while. But uh, I mean, it was it was surreal in another sense going back home, and back to New Zealand, and yeah, obviously the country's in lockdown. Sure, and or the borders are locked down at the moment, so even us as citizens have to go back and do two weeks in the isolation, right. isolation, which is fine because it means it keeps the country. Sure. Safe. Sure. And deaths and deaths low from the from from COVID, but man, to be sitting there for two weeks, going, <laughs> yeah, bloody hell, I could be anywhere in the world right now, yeah, and I've decided to come home to family, which is fine, you know. It's well, it's awesome. You do but, these yeah, things I mean, for fun, no, but 
man, you're sitting there going, holy hell, two weeks? Well, and when you're sitting younger, here twiddling my thumbs. When you're younger, you think uh, a fucking hotel room with a mini bar sounds great, and then there's fucking no mini, there's day no three, mini bar. <laughs> day, there's no mini bar. Day three, no, yeah, no. man. I mean, that was good though, but worth yeah, it. The world's in a funny place at the moment with that. It really sure. is. Well, and and I, I still, uh, um, uh, you know, grumpy guy aside, uh, knock wood, shits. We've been lucky, you know. I mm. mean, we've been more fortunate than most. So, yeah. and I mean, being I'll, able to travel and get home and do stuff that you've done, and and especially considering all the shit that we've done prior to, has been yeah, pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah. Totally well, I don't know what anybody else is going to think of this podcast, but this was fucking fun, that was good man. Good for us. Uh, yeah. I, if you guys didn't like it, fuck, fuck, I don't care, man. That was fun, man. I got to relive one of the funnest flights I've ever done in a long time flying. So that was super cool. That was a total pleasure. Super man. cool. It was awesome. I'm going to want you singing out another song, though, because you're still sober. This is. I made you sing a song. You made me down a whole bottle before we got into the pit, into the. Well, it's because you were a nervous fucking wreck, man. You were more scared of the bathroom and a microphone than you were of a scary situation (laughs) flying a plane. So this time you were much more relaxed. So it's not going to be as fun, but I am going to make you sing another song as we go out. And again, for everybody, thanks for for tuning in as always. And Ty, cheers, man. Cheers, bro. Cheers. Awesome. in high seas or low seas I'm gonna be your friend you know that I'm gonna be your friend listen in high tide or low tide I'll by your side You know that I'll be by your side I heard her praying, praying, praying Said I hurt my mother I heard her praying, praying in the night And the words that she said The words that she said They still linger in my head She said a child is born into this world He needs protection Yeah God, God and protect us When we're wrong, please When we're wrong, correct us Stand by me in these high seas or friend you know that I'm gonna be your friend listen in high tide or low tide I'll be
by your side You know that I'll be by your side And there you go. Another episode of Lunatic Fringe Into the Void in the Can brought to you, as always, by, that's right, NZ Aerosports. Fuck yeah. Brought to you by Summit Parachute Systems. Head to summitparachutesystems.com. You can check out the badass pilot rigs that Jarrett Martin and the family are cranking out over there, as well as the incredible rigging courses that Jarrett gives. As for me, I am the fucking pilot. Head to thefuckingpilot.net or theprincesspilot.com where you can find links to all the previous podcasts and both the books. We'll see you next time.